Good afternoon and welcome to the Girls Who Sell Spotlight podcast, where we will talk about everything sales. At Girls Who Sell, we are not only committed to closing the gender gap in B2B sales, but to building the largest pipeline of diverse, early stage female career talent. We are not just a company, we are a movement. In today's episode, I am super excited to introduce you to Martha Farrell Geller, Senior Vice President of Strategic Accounts at Translations.com. Translations.com is the world's leading provider of technology and language solutions to power global digital initiatives. Martha, welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Heidi. It's very nice to be here. Awesome. So why don't we kick it off and talk a little bit about uh, your current role and your company, and then from there, we'll pivot and talk about your sales journey. Sounds great. Well, my name is Marta Geller. I work for Translations.com. Translations.com is the leading translation language solutions in the world. I have been with the company now for over 15 years, and um, I run what is called the Enterprise Solutions Group, and otherwise known as ESG. ESG is a um, group that focuses on sales, pre-sales, sales implementation and management of some of our largest strategic accounts, most of whom are uh, using our technology and our services to launch large global initiatives, um, most of which are around providing content, information, data to customers and consumers all over the world in many, many, many languages. That sounds great. So just for our listeners that might not be too familiar with the enterprise sales versus maybe small business type Mm -hmm. sales, how do you segment out your your team? So that's a a good question. Enterprise sales or an enterprise solution is defined as a fairly large company, usually Fortune 500, Global 1000 company that has a wide range of requirements across its organization. So think about a company that you buy uh, electronic um, device from. There is support, there is e-commerce, there is web content, there is technical publications, there is marketing promotions, there is uh, a commerce component, there could be a shopping cart. Mm -hmm. So all of that information that you as a consumer may be exposed to has to be translated into many languages, not just once, but over time, right? Because Mm -hmm. information changes, evolves, has to get updated. And so the challenge for the enterprise is how to do it in a very efficient in a very effective manner, uh, supporting all markets. All markets, you know, these companies depend largely on international revenues. Mm-hmm. Most of our clients uh, are uh, uh, B2B. So all of our sales are B2B. We are selling to companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in turn, those companies may be selling to consumers or business themselves. But the common denominator between all of them is how do we address the challenge of having to provide information in so many languages on a daily basis and, you know, to keep current with the information. 
Yeah, and and um, and you're integrating AI and other technologies in addition to doing native language translation, right? I mean, your your services are super cool. Yeah, so it, it, translation has evolved considerably since I started. I started in this world of translation. I was an interpreter. So I was on the sort of the delivery of the services side. But, you know, over time, the business has changed dramatically. Uh, and so today the, we use a lot more tools. We use machine translation. We use AI. We use technology. So there's a lot of automation that we are using to make the linguist, the translator, a lot more efficient. So a lot of it is computer-aided translation. Okay. Um, and so yes, the, the 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 industry has evolved, you know, considerably in using technology to make and business processes, right? Just getting the information from the back end to translate it is a challenge unto itself. Yeah, that's cool. Thank God for Google Translate. I was just in Costa Rica <laughs> and and I got it, and uh, a lot of the people that worked at the wellness um you know, a hotel that I was I was staying in. None of them spoke any English, yeah. and so I, I definitely and it, it's you know really improved actually. Yeah. And I have an opportunity that I'm working on right now where um, the client is in Costa Rica, and I'm the salesperson on it. But the the client and everyone I'm inter- interacting with only speaks Spanish, yeah. and so. They send me their information in Spanish. I have to have it all translated. And right. then I send, you know, then I create everything in English, but right. then we translate it. So it's really, it's really yeah, yeah, yeah. evolving, particularly yeah. as, as the world has gotten more global, right? That's right. Well, and there's more access to information, right? It used to be in the world of translation that we were translating batches of information. Mm-hmm. Now it's a continuous loop of information and people have more access to it, right? You've got the wonderful World Wide Web and people have immediate access to help, to buying an, a, a, an article on online, you know? So all of that has really put a huge demand on the provision of information in their language. In the, in the user's language. And most industries today understand that, you know, we work largely, as I said, with, with, with Fortune 500, Global 1000 companies. And if you look at the hospitality industry, you can book a hotel room, buy an airline ticket in your language. Um, so that's, that's what we are charged with, with for, you know, working with our clients. Super cool. So let's, let's pivot. Um, and um, I'd like to learn a little bit more about your sales journey. I did, I did see on LinkedIn that you did some work with with what Berlitz at one point. But you said you started as a translator. So tell us, tell us a little bit about your, um, you know, how you got into sales. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's it's an interesting story. I'll give you the very short version. I graduated as an interpreter, conference interpreter. Think United Nations, you know, all of the people that sit in the booths with the headsets. And that's what I was going to be. I was going to be an interpreter. Um, speaking of roadblocks, it's a very, then it's a little easier today, but then it was a very difficult um, market to break into as a, as a young, new graduate. Um, and by sheer accident, um, I know people don't 
you know, don't understand the concept of there was no internet and cell phones. It was literally my resume <laughs> and knocking on doors to get my foot in the door. And I did. I worked for what was then, you know, the company that had the largest ad in the yellow pages in New York City. That's where I got my start. And I started working with them and uh, as an account manager. And a year later, my husband got transferred back to California, where we had originally come from. And I'm like, oh, no, now I have to look for a new job. And my boss said, why don't you open an office for us there? And, you know, that was the first career because we had no clients. So I had to go and uh, start knocking on doors and start selling our services. And that was the beginning of my sales career. I never thought, I always joked that my mother probably had a heart attack when she heard that after putting me through graduate school, to become an interpreter, <laughs> I had gone into sales, you know, but the rest is history. I've had a fantastic career in sales, never looked back. So was it primarily male dominated when you were in sales? Was Is, is gender inequity a thing in the, trans, in the translation world or no, that was not necessarily a challenge? I think sales was pretty much a guy's sort of, you know, the guy with the briefcase. It was a, you know, sort of the uh, traveling sales guy kind of. Um, I think today is 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 quite different, at least in our industry. Uh, you will find that some of the most successful sales people in this industry are women. Uh, are we dominating? Are we, can I say, hey, we've bridged that, that gender gap? Probably not no more than in any other industry but i but i do think that women are finding equal footing and because it's also merit based right mm-hmm. and it's individual contribution really by and large that i do find that and i always tell young people you know young women i said if there's a place where i found my voice and where i found that i could shine based on my performance it was in sales so it's it's better today than it was when I started but definitely when I started it was I was like this little Colombian you know trying to do sales and not never have had done it but I found my I found my calling so what so um you know when you say you found your voice what was it that um you know sort of empowered you to to do that? Um, or, you know, what was it about sales that allowed you to really find your voice? Um, I think there were a couple of things. One of them is that we're, I find myself to be a problem solver. Okay. Um, and, and when customers come to me, it, it's not like, Hey, I've solved the problem, but I want you to execute. It's like, I have a problem help me solve it. So I think by and large, we're problem solvers. I also think that um, I'm I'm pretty analytical to the point where I can make a decision very quickly. And I'm, I'm good at bringing people together to help me make that decision. You know, I am not a technical person at all, but I know enough about the business challenges, the business problem that I'm solving to be able to say, maybe this technology is the right one, but then I have a fantastic team that works with me to help me, you know, uh, design that solution, identify the right um, technology, the right 
process. Um, so maybe collaboration is the other. So mm-hmm. in, in curiosity, I think that I'm a I'm a fairly and you know in the trajectory of my sales career, I have found myself reinventing myself every every number of years to stay ahead of 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 you know of, of the industry and to be able to provide clients with innovative solutions. So maybe curiosity is the other one. Um, practicality. I will tell you if there's one word that probably defines me, I'm I'm a very a fairly practical person. I don't I don't spend a lot of time, you know, uh, philosophizing about <laughs> it's really it's a business and that's how, what I focus on. So practical solutions that work for customers and solve problems. Yeah, I think that's really important because sales is full of, of a lot of rejection, right? And so, you know, compartmentalizing and being practical right. um, is really important, right? It's like yes. it's not personal. It's just business. Yes. And it took me a while, um, to be honest, to get over the the no was not a rejection about me. It was more of a either I didn't open the door to the right discussion or I'm not talking to the right person uh, or it's bad timing. The person could be having a bad day. So persistence also plays a role in this, right? Um but yeah, rejection in the early days, I would come home and tell my husband, oh my God, I, you know, because then the phone was the only thing that we had. Right. Email, right. We didn't have text messaging, WhatsApp, any of this. And it was like, clonk, clonk, clonk. <laughs> no, not interested. Goodbye. So, but yeah, and it still happens, but you just have to figure out, you know, the, the right, the right conversation, the right timing and the right person. Yeah, I I love um, the different uh, components that you brought up about yourself, which obviously you've turned into your own superpower to be successful in sales or, or in sales leadership, right? One of the things that we hear a lot as we're interviewing young ladies, you know, and talking to them about sales and why it's a career alternative that they should consider, one of the biggest objections we hear is, oh, I, you know, one, there's a real negative perception about what sales is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is they're like, you know, and I, I don't have the personality for it, right? I'm analytic or I'm introverted or I'm, and so the things that you just brought up, you know, are as an analytic, you think, oh, you know, maybe you wouldn't be able to be successful in sales, but you are. So how did you turn those innate and authentic personality traits into your superpower? Mm -hmm. I think that to be in sales, you need to have a certain amount of, of drive and a certain amount of courage. And I think every person has courage in them. Um, and, and I think you need to look at the broader spectrum of this is a business. And I always tell people, you know, I, I love what I do. I love my industry, but it's, you know, it really is not art. You know, it, it it's a business and we're in this to solve business problems. Mm-hmm. Once you get over that, I think you start thinking about what can I use of my skills in my personality or my training for that matter 
to turn that into a into a sales career. And I, I will tell you that maybe a turning point for me was when I made a commitment that I was going to stay in sales. Sales to me at first was sort of a fallback because I didn't want to go have to look for a new job. And I was familiar with the company and the product and the, right? Um, but it took a lot of courage to make those phone calls, mm-hmm. right? And little by little, there's a momentum. There's also building of confidence, but it was really the turning point was when I said, you know, this is actually a profession. This is actually a career. And I don't necessarily position myself as a salesperson. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, my title doesn't have sales. I haven't had a sales title in quite a while. I am, I am a problem solver. Uh, you know, the biggest, biggest thing that we bring to the table from a sales perspective is consulting. Mm-hmm. I mean, consultative sales. Right. And so the day that I said, you know, I'm going to make this a career. And then I said to myself, what do I need to do in order to stay ahead of the curve? Right. And what do I need to do to be successful? It was a reinvention of who I was every seven years, interestingly enough. Um, Hmm. And it was learning more about my product and my technology without being an expert at technology. And it was listening to customers, understanding how their change, how their needs are changing. Um, So, and I, I am, you know, I am very, uh, let's call it disciplined about the sales process, right? Because our, our deals in our, uh, at an enterprise level are very process oriented, right? Okay. Client doesn't go, hey, let's just work with translations.com. There's RFPs, there's presentations, there's proof of concept. And so I'm very disciplined about that. Um, But at the end of the day, it's really what I bring to the table with my team. I don't do this alone uh, at all, is is the expertise, the knowledge, the advice, the counsel um, that we bring to the table to our customers. Yeah, that's a that's a very complex um, B two B sale, right? So, um, you know, from a from a leadership perspective, you know, what support um, do you give your sales team? You know, as they're trying to move deals through the pipeline. Mm-hmm. You know, even in a complex deal, Heidi, you still have to look for the fundamentals to be honest with you, as as complex as some of these things are, because there's so many people involved in its decision by committee, it really, the fundamentals are important, right? And I always tell people there's five things that you need to worry about. It's the why, you know, why are, why are they coming to you? Why are they buying? Why are they going to RFP? Why do they need your solution? The who is, who are you supporting? Who are you bringing to the deal? Who's buying? Who are, who, who has the problems, you know, who are the influencers in a sales cycle? You need to know who's the decision maker, who's the influencer. The third one is the how. How are they buying, right? And so I take people through very simple concert concepts. The fourth one is the when, you know. People need to understand that these decisions have to be made by a certain date. Is there a compelling event? Is there a stake in the ground. We need to launch our e-commerce website by January 1st, 2022. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are sort of the the things that I, and then the what, you know, and people usually start with the what is like, oh, here, 
I have this widget. This is what you need instead of thinking of all the fundamentals that you need, all the information that you need. So I help people coach them through understanding these five important components of a sales cycle uh, and to come up with the right solution for the customer. And so, you know, whether you're one year into your sales career or 15 um, and whether, by the way, is transactional business or enterprise level, I think the fundamentals are the same. Um, Taking lots of notes, documenting requirements, you know, bringing the right people into the sales cycle and learn, 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 be, be a student of the game. Yeah, I, I love that. I absolutely love that process. And it's, and it's a great framework of a way to think about selling because I agree with you. I think the biggest mistake that a lot of salespeople make is they start with the what, right? right? And then they try to work backwards. But if you don't try, if you don't ask questions and really find out the why, you know, you will never know the what (laughs) is going to be the answer. Right. And it might not, it might not. And then it's, it's the gray area, I think, between the why and the what, if that's a thing, um, where you add value. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, salespeople, we tend to start rattling off what, why you should buy and what you, what I'm selling to you as opposed to, really collecting information. I, you know, I do quite a bit of presentations internally and coaching. And I always say, you know, the most powerful thing that you can possibly have as a salesperson is information. And people just don't collect enough information. They don't have enough information. They don't ask for the proper information. So I think that is a piece of advice that we can all, all use is information is power. Yeah, love that. Love that. Mm-hmm. So we talked a bit about personality. How do you overlay mindset uh, as as a way to be successful in sales? I think it's a combination of both. So from you know from a mindset perspective, as I said before, you have to have a certain amount of confidence. You have to have, but but that comes also with experience and age. Mm-hmm. I think you know. Mm-hmm. We weren't born confident, I don't think. I think it's you know combination of factors, creativity, uh, thinking outside of the box, right? And and listening and documenting. Um, but you know, there's also and maybe this does come with experience is sort of the currency that you have built in your career to um, to bring the right people and to influence right people. Um, I think there's a lot of training that we can do. Um, There's also a lot of coaching. Um, You know, you have to surround yourself by people that know more than you. And I think salespeople tend to hoard the deal and want to do it all themselves. And I actually, I think, exploding that model and involving the right people as part of the process is actually better. And that takes a certain amount of skill, right? Mm-hmm. And um, mindset, I think being positive and staying, you know, above the me, me, me pity party that they said, no, <laughs> didn't buy from me. Or, you know, 
focusing on, I have a revenue goal. I have a goal to meet. That's right. right? Like, and, uh, and that's right. Yeah. Putting that first. Right. Yeah. You know, you asked me about, um, performance and, and, and the gender gap. One of yeah. the things that I have found is that the quota, at least in our company, right, is the same for everybody. Meaning as a salesperson, you have to earn your keep. As a salesperson, you have a quota. As a salesperson, you're expected to make your quota and exceed it. And if you exceed it, this is, you know, the, 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 what you get for it, right? Mm-hmm. And I find I find that sales is the great equalizer, at least for me in my career, where I have been measured in dollars and cents and in, in successful relationships with customers. And that is one thing that we can't lose sight. And that's hard to measure, right? Mm-hmm. Dollars and cents and revenue and quotas, you can measure. But the 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 relationship that you build with people customers and internal teams alike, I think is absolutely paramount in a successful sales career. Yeah, I I would agree with that 100%. Um, It's, and, you know, dollars and cents, there's no bias in in dollars and cents. It's pretty black and white, either meet your quota or you didn't meet your quota, right? My dollar is as green as the next person. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So what is TransPerfect? I, I know that your organizations, um, you know, under the translation.com company, you know, is doing some great work in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yes. Um, I don't know how that really falls into the sales organization, but would you be willing to talk about some of those things that you're doing around DEI and and diversity hiring? So we have spent um, a good amount of time and resources in focusing on diversity. Our business in itself, because of the nature of our business, is very diverse, right? So if you look at the composition of our company, um, you know, we have people from every country that speaks, you know, I don't even know how many languages our, our, our staff speak. So the composition of our company in itself is diverse, um, but diverse more from a cultural linguistic perspective. And so we are working really, really, really hard. And we have a team that is dedicated to diversity and inclusion. Um, in sales, I would say um, that there is quite a bit of an effort um, to, you know, to grow the sales team uh, from, from the ground up, right? And so we... We mentor, we have a mentorship program, um, making sure that we have uh, a lot, a lot of talent uh, fresh off the university, fresh off college, uh, and in helping them, you know, build a career in sales and focusing sales as a career in a profession rather than just either a stepping stone or a job. Um and, and one of the things that I have seen is that the um, number of women applicants is, I think, probably higher. I, I don't have any stats on it, but my sense is that um, that we have more young women applying for these jobs um, as they see sales as a, as a very good, viable profession for them. 
Um, and, and this is sort of new, you know, when I was, in, I would say in the first 10, 15 years of my career, you know, I didn't do a lot of recruitment fresh of, out of college and, um, and, and I didn't see as many women. And so we're, we're very, very focused on, um, on supporting diversity and, and inclusion. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And I love to hear actually that the number number of female applicants is in, increasing because yeah. a, a lot of companies that I speak with um, are have a huge pipeline, not only a pipeline challenge, but they're like, we just don't have female candidates or, you know, a qualified female candidates to choose from. So I think it's great. And, you know, Girls Who Sell is working with, um, you know, our focus right now is uh, working with college-aged young women and early college graduates. And mm-hmm. we've been encouraged to even get a little bit younger, right? Um, and working with um, young women in high school, mm-hmm. um, starting to really position sales as a, as a career option, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 it's great that, um, that translation.com is, is doing that. Maybe, you know, what do you look for in a, you know, so, you know, if we have our listeners are are in college right now or graduating from college and might be interested in looking at your organization as a, as a career option, what are some of the things that you look for, um, you know, as an early stage applicant mm-hmm. in sales? Um, it's, it, you know, I don't know how many people graduate from college and say, I want a career in sales, right? Um, we have to change that, but I think you're well, right. It is, yeah, a, I, there is a gap, right? Yeah, but maybe part of what we need to do is we need to define what a career in sales is and to mm. overcome that that negative sort of tinge that being in sales has, to your point earlier, Um and, and, you know, I think of sales more as uh, uh, relationship management, right? And I look at problem solving, consulting, right? So, you know, what do I look for? I look for energy, you know, positive energy, dynamic behavior. You can't, you can't be sitting back and waiting for the, the phone to ring or the sale to happen. Mm-hmm. So you need a certain amount of... Um, creativity and, and, uh, you know, people that are, that are, that take initiative and that are curious. Um, so I look for energy. I look for, um, you know, people that want to talk to clients. That's really important. They don't want to sit in the background and, you know, they want to live in their little cocoon and not expose, right. Be exposed to a conversation with a prospect or a customer. Um, I think communication skills are important. I think um, organizational skills are important, which most people don't always think about in sales, but I, I do believe that they're critical. Um, and and again, you know, that, that desire to solve problems and that desire to uh, learn about the business and be able to go tell people about our solutions and our business. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. I had this conversation with somebody who said, you know, tell me about some of the people, what are some of the common 
jobs that people in sales have had. And I said, you know, I had this conversation with someone that said, if you've been a waitress, you probably can be in sales. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, that's actually a very good, uh, you know, so Chris, you have to go, you have to ask what you want, you have to deal with objections, you have to deal with complaints, you have to deal with grumpy clients, nice clients. You do the upsell, right? Like, would you, you, you know, the, 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 do you want That's fries it. with that? But it is sort of the order is the right one. So, um, <laughs> So, you know, I don't always look for people to be waitresses, but, but, you know, I think being in the services industry, which is really yeah. where we are, even when we're selling technology, um, there, there's a common layer that cuts across that says, you know, you have to be, you have to be willing to engage with a customer and you have to be willing to have a d- tough discussion sometimes. Yeah. And I think, I think that's really important. One, just to think about blowing up, you know, the negative perception of sales and and positioning it as consulting and problem solving, I think it's key of what we need to do. Um, But, you know, I do think too, sales is a life skill, right? So, um, you know, to your point, I mean, I joke that if, if anybody's tried to negotiate, you know, with a three-year-old to eat their vegetables, you're in sales, right? (laughs) We're always selling. We're always selling. You're selling yourself a budget, an idea, whatever, right? Even people that are not in sales in our company are always selling, especially those that are, you know, client-facing. I think people are a little bit afraid of the the rejection. I find Mm -hmm. that to be one of the biggest obstacles to someone wanting to be in sales. Um, and, and you know, the reality is that you face objections, whether you're in sales or in account management or in whatever. So it's how you manage those. Yeah. And, and to your point earlier, you know, just being able to compartmentalize and realize that it's, it's business, it's not per- personal, right? right? Yeah. So that's great. Well, yeah. we're coming, I can't, I could talk to you all day, but let me, um, close out just by asking and you've given already given some incredible nuggets of advice, but um, for a young woman um, in college or, or even in high school today, um, you know, considering a career in sales, what advice or guidance would you give them? Um, I would say um, test the waters um, get internships in good sales organizations. I would say really learn the fundamentals, um, become a good writer, become a good presenter, work on your fundamental skills and think of sales as a, a journey where you're always learning. You know, one of the things that I love about sales in my job is that I'm always learning something new and I'm exposed to all kinds of different situations and problems and people. And I like the newness of that. You know, it's not a rote job every day. Um, I would tell them to learn about the, you know, the, the career of, of sales, Um, you know, Talk to women in that are successful business women. How did they do it? Listen to podcasts. Um, get a mentor. 
Um, be open-minded. A career in sales can be a fantastic, fantastic career. And last but not least is, you know, the money is good. If you're, <laughs> right. successful, if you're a successful salesperson, you can make a very, very good living. And it's merit-based. And I love that. It's mm-hmm. not because I'm young or old or woman or man or whatever. Uh, it really is based on my individual effort, my individual work and my work ethic and my knowledge and my skills. So it's a very empowering, very empowering career, I think. So I would think about that. I would agree. That is, that's awesome. And um, is there anything that you would like to promote? How might um, someone learn a little bit more about your organization or anything specific that you'd like to to promote before yeah. we close out? You know, we have uh, all kinds of different different uh, businesses in our company, which makes, you know, translations.com is part of Transperfect, the larger, um, the larger organization. And we have all kinds of different divisions that you may be interested in. Um, we have one called Media Next, which is fantastic. It's all about dubbing and subtitling. So think Netflix and Amazon Plus and Apple TV and all of that. Um, we have DataForce, which is a AI machine learning. Um, so you can be in sales at any one. We have the technology side. So I would say take a look at the uh, Transperfect, translations.com website. Um, we have quite a bit of social media. So follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, we have a lot of openings all over the world, which is the other benefit of working for a company like ours is we have almost 7,000 employees and over 100 offices around the world. You could be a junior salesperson in Tokyo or in Paris or in Helsinki. Um, and it's very, very dynamic and very diverse. So I invite everybody to take a look at our company and follow us and apply to some of these jobs I've ha- I have a, a, po- a podcast that talks about the trajectory of my career. I was telling Heidi, it was quite um, uh, cathartic to see how I started as a receptionist, if you can believe it, and where I am today. But always learning, always evolving, always taking a bit of a leap to, you know, to learn something new. Um, so I invite you to, to, to you know, be confident, uh, take baby steps, take some risks, measured risks, um, learn, continue to learn, be curious and be a good relationship manager. That's super, super important in sales. That sounds great. Martha, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing all of your knowledge and, and showing what's possible. Uh, I think this was a very encouraging conversation. Thank you. And, and I, I applaud you for what you're doing. Um, I will, Thank my colleague, uh, Kayla, for inviting me today. And uh, all you girls out there, you can be great salespeople. (laughs) Thank you very much. Take care. Thank you. You too. Take care.